0: We pray for one another. We're the shoulder for our brothers and sisters sitting in this room when they need it. The feet, the strength, the legs when they need it. And sometimes we don't even know what's going on in the lives of our brothers and sisters that are right next to us. Isn't that true? But let me tell you, if you knew, you'd probably be shocked. If you actually knew what someone was going through, you might be amazed and You can't even believe it. So sometimes it's just getting to know someone. It's just getting into someone's life to really make sure you know how to minister to them. Amen? And you'll be surprised. They might want to tell you. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. But you know why we're here? We all need a Savior. Have you ever saved anything? There's a couple things I've saved in life. A kitty cat out of this little plant that was uh, stuck. That's not very major, but... It still impacted my life. Saved my son's car from dying the other day with a battery. It's pretty minimal, right? But you know who does the major saving? The Lord, hallelujah. He does the kind of saving that I could never do. He does the kind of saving that only the power of Christ can pull off. And I need that power. I need that saving power. I need that kind of a Savior. And so do you. And for those of you that know Pastor David Childers, who's been my spiritual father and mentor for many years, his dad, Pastor Paul, who I had a chance to know briefly, used to say, you can come screaming and kicking, or you can surrender today. It's up to you. He told that to his boys. (laughs) And pretty much they all ended up in ministry, which is great. But I would say, we are so privileged and so blessed to serve a God like our God if you love those rains last week you give them the glory and the honor if you love the blue sky today you give them the glory and the honor he says he's the one that even causes the sun to rise on the righteous and the unrighteous they all get to share in that same blessing but guess who gets to share in the eternal blessing we do do you plan for the future well if you haven't planned for eternity you're not looking far enough if you're a planner, who are my planners here today? You think about things down the road, one year, two year, where do I want to be? If you haven't started thinking about eternity, this, this is the moment that you really need to start practicing on getting to know a little bit better, because that is forever. That's the kind of God we serve. Amazing. Hallelujah. So, this morning I thought we would look at a passage of Scripture, but I'm going to jump somewhere first because it just, as I was standing there, it kind of came to my mind. Jesus said these words. This is uh, just something on the side out of Matthew before we get to our, our sermon this morning. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, doesn't that sound like Al Pacino in, in the third version? <laughs> Of the Godfather, if you've ever seen it. A day of reckoning. My wife and I were talking about this on the way to to church this morning. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That is just like a Scorsese movie. Right there. But I tell you, Jesus' words, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Big question mark. And are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Now, here's the point that I wanted to make this morning. This is how Jesus ends this paragraph Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Wow. Are you used to thinking in terms of perfection? Honestly, are you? I, buy my, I bought my wife a, a car uh, some years back, and you know what I realized? You can't keep it perfect. It gets scuffs. It gets dents. Something from that dumb truck is going to hit the windshield in front of you. I might have made that scratch on the side when we were in St. George, honey, leaving Starbucks. I'm not sure. (laughs) But it definitely wasn't me that ripped your leather. I I blame the kids for that. Perfection is not a thing that we usually think of in, in uh, in this world. And I started to think about what things in this world are perfect. We just had a wonderful weekend away in, uh, in Flagstaff, Arizona. We went on this beautiful hiking trail called Walnut Canyon. There's this island of uh, rock that sticks out and all these uh, Native American cliff dwellings are there. And we actually used one for a quick moment because a rainstorm hit and all of a sudden hail was coming. It was beautiful. I would almost say that was a pretty much close to perfect day. It was awesome. My daughter didn't think so. She's like, thanks a lot, Dad. We're going to die out here. <laughs> and I said, I'm loving this, babe. She's like, no, I just want to get to the car. So we ran to the car, and we, of course, were soaking wet. Tried to catch a hail, but I, a little hail ball, but I couldn't catch one. What is perfect? Yesterday, I thought I saw perfection. I was driving to work, and next to me came this Lexus LC500. Oh, Oh, unbelievable. Every detail that you would imagine should be in an awesome looking sports car was on this machine. And I thought, what an amazing, this is perfect. But one day what will happen? It will fail, the battery won't work, the alternator will go, whatever. That's reality in this world. What else? What is it? The leather will get torn. torn. I might scratch the side at Starbucks on that stupid little (laughs) hill thing. Whatever might happen. I probably did it, babe. I'm sure it was me. Uh, what else could be perfect? We, uh, Jana had her birthday August 1st. We went to Sinatra Restaurant at the Encore, at the Wynn. It was pretty spectacular. They just coordinated everything for us. It was just, it was just amazing. And they even gave us the, uh, the Wynn CEO. He, they call it the Craig Billings table. He's the new CEO of uh, after Mr. Wynn left. They gave us the Craig Billings table right next to the garden patio. It was spectacular. Did you have fun, babe? Happy birthday, babe. It was, we didn't want to leave. Uh, what else could be perfect? If you ask one of my managers at uh, at the, uh, the Chanel store at the Wynn, she would probably say, uh, close to perfection, after the Top, Top Gun movie just got re-released, uh, she would probably say Tom Cruise. Uh, so, I've been listening, I listen to what people say about, you know, what, what they think is pretty amazing in the world, but when Jesus uh, says here, be perfect therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, that sounds pretty impossible, doesn't it? Would you agree? Do you look at yourself as perfect? Anybody here? <laughs> I don't look at myself that way at all. But Jesus said it. But there's a reason why He said it, and we're going to look into that today. So, we're going to look at Matthew 19, and that's verses 16-30. through 30. And this is a story about a young guy that really wanted to make the mark. Don't you ever feel that way? I really want to make the mark. I want to achieve. I want to get up there. I want to be great. I want to be awesome in the Lord. Whatever it is you have in mind. Well, this is Matthew 19, chapter 19, verses 16 through 30. It says this, Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? What do you think of that question? Interesting. Yeah. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Isn't that almost like asking, how can I escape death? How can I escape mortality? How can I get into something bigger and better? And then Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? Because he called him, what good, he said, what good thing must I do? He says, why, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. And if you want to enter life, obey the commandments. The man inquired, which ones? Jesus says, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. Do we believe that? That's oh, kind of a big thing to say to Jesus. I don't know if I'd have the nerve to say those words to the Lord. <laughs> All these I've kept. I'm a big shot. The young man said, what do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, then go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. That's a bummer moment for him. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, and they asked, who then can be saved? Isn't that a great question? Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. Here it is. But with God, all things are possible. Wow. That means you don't have to worry about it other than putting your faith in the God who can save. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. A friend of mine asked me one time, can God make a stone so heavy that He can't even lift it? And I said, you know what? The Lord's not dumb. He would never do something so stupid. Some people will try to test this. But the truth is, what the impossible thing is that the Lord does, is He causes us to become like His Son, Jesus. This is the work of what he's doing. Amen? Okay, I better get back to Scripture. I'm going to get off point. So he says this. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, Lord, that truly those of us that are sitting here today are so excited about the impossible that you will do in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we give you the glory. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, we'll, let, we'll look into this a little bit this morning about this idea of perfection. Because often in life, it's not very common for us to come in contact with perfection. Perfection. When I first trained at the Wynn Hotel, I would have to say one of the most beautiful environments I ever saw was the Encore Spa. The smells that they produce through the ventilation, the music, the birds chirping, the perfect statues, the stones, the hot stones, the steam. Everything they did in there was almost like heaven on earth. Have you ever heard that? There used to be an old song, Heaven on Earth. You remember that? Well, I'll tell you one thing. This place came close But it still doesn't make the mark of what God can do. Hallelujah. No matter what man does, God does it even better. The rich young man, he asks a question and he says, Lord, what good things can I do to get to heaven? This man, I think he thought he was a pretty good guy. Isn't that what you deduce from this? He thought he was a pretty good guy, but Jesus Threw a curveball. And that's what's so awesome about the Lord. Sometimes in life, you may disagree, but sometimes in life, looking at things from another angle makes all the difference. And in this case, Jesus throws him a curveball. And Jesus throws the curveball and hits him in the weak spot. Finances. Ouch. Not always tough. And a very big stressful thing to deal with sometimes. This young guy had quite a bit. And he's telling him, ditch it. Not an easy thing. But one thing that we should know about the Lord is He's the one that continually challenges us to come out of our comfort zones. Am I wrong? He challenges us to come out of our comfort zones, look at things from a different angle, sacrifice more for Him, die to ourselves more, and all for one thing, to build Christ-likeness in us. And sometimes it's the angle or the vantage point, looking at it from God's point of view, that makes the difference. 100%. How many times have we asked, or maybe you asked the Lord personally, Lord, what more can I do for you? Have you ever asked Him that? Oh, maybe you're afraid to ask Him that. You should be. Because He might answer. And then, when he answers, it might not be exactly what you thought. The Lord might respond with something that you wish he wouldn't have responded with. Or maybe, you think at the end, why did I even ask? And I'll tell you, I had one of those moments. There was a time that I asked the Lord that I wanted to do more for him. And then someone came up with the wonderful idea to start serving at the soup kitchen in downtown Las uh, Las Vegas. And you know what the bummer for me is? I'm kind of a germaphobe. Not Howie Mandel level, but I'm a germaphobe. I don't touch door handles as much as I can. I like that new invention with the foot thing. I don't know if you've seen that one yet. That's pretty awesome where you can open a door just by using your foot. I dig that. When we were in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, that whole pandemic broke out, I didn't want to touch hardly anything. So I'm just one of those things. And all of a sudden, here I am down in this soup kitchen and all these homeless people are eating and slurping and they're kind of spitting all over you. They're talking to you and you're kind of like, oh, dear Lord. And I'm thinking like, Lord, what did I do? Church on the street. You remember that? Pastor Tony Martin, I'm not sure if you've ever met Pastor Tony Martin, but he runs church on the street in downtown Las Vegas. But it really pushed me out of my comfort zone. But you know what? Part of the journey is getting out of your comfort zone, trying new things, doing something new in the Lord, because He's a God of all things new. Amen? He's a God of new creation. And we'd sat there and listened to the stories of these homeless people as, of course, they're spitting all over me and I'm thinking, oh, wonderful. I'll wash up later (laughs) and take a vitamin C. But I tell you, when the Lord tells you to do something new, it's not always going to be the most comfortable. In fact, if you think it is, you're probably 110% wrong. Many often... These times that the Lord creates will really stretch you, really push you. God challenges us, He challenges us to become more like Him, perfecting us. He has us in mind. And He will accept nothing less than perfection when it comes to our lives. And that's the wonderful work that Jesus does. You don't have to worry about it. It doesn't have to sound too huge because nothing is too huge for Him. When you focus on the one that causes the perfection, this idea of being perfect becomes so simple. And all you have to do, do you have a flag in your house? Maybe get one that's all white and you just surrender. That's all you have to do. You hand it over. The flag of surrender. Hallelujah. Isn't that what we do in worship when we lift our hands? Isn't that what a bad guy does when police tell them, put their hands up? All we're doing is saying, Lord, the good in me doesn't come from me. It comes from you, and I surrender. Hallelujah. He will accept nothing less. So let's look into what he has planned for us today and understand how we look at this young man that says, How do I gain eternal life, Lord? What good things must I do? First, I wanted to mention this this morning. And this is the most important one. We have to identify our God. You have to identify your God. What are you obsessing about? What is your passion? What is the thing that you just long for and love? There's a lot of things that I could say I'm very passionate about. There's a lot of hobbies I have, dreams I have, places I want to go. When I was a kid, I used to draw the continent of Europe uh, freehand because I wanted to go see the world. There were so many things that I could tell you. My education, I wanted to go do this, I wanted to do that. I, 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 I. And before you know it, I had identified who my God was, the little g. It was me. What does Ryan want to do? And the truth was, I needed a white flag and say, absolutely not. I'll serve the true God, the big G. Hallelujah. Proverbs has this one thing that says, Lord, give me neither poverty nor riches. If you give me poverty, I might discredit your name and steal If you give me riches and wealth, I might say, Who is the Lord? And this is the big moment we have to stop and think about. Who is the Lord? Is it you? Because you'll need to sign a a resignation letter today. And then, we have to decide, Who are we going to serve? Me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And you know, sometimes... In life, we have to stop and remember that He is God. Amen. So when you commit your life to serve the Lord Almighty, it's not a small commitment. Am I right? It's a lifelong commitment that actually spills over out of this life and into the next life. If you thought that so many things in life were a big commitment, school, education, college, marriage, family, all... auto loans, home loans. You thought all these things would be some of the biggest commitments you've ever made. You're wrong. It's the day that you give your life to Jesus Christ that obligated you to the biggest commitment that you have ever made that will make all the difference in your life and beyond into the lives of other people. In a spiritual sense, when you're filling up that iced tea in the cup, you always stop. At the top, don't you? Or close to it. But in a spiritual sense, you keep pouring. You keep pouring. And it starts spilling over. And it goes all over the counter. And it affects everything around it. That's the spiritual life that you are to lead. You don't keep what the Lord has given just to you. You spill it over into others' lives. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. From the point you connected your life and your direction To the heart of God, He's the one that calls forth the seas and the oceans. Amen? What an amazing God. That beautiful canyon that Jan and I were just in. He's the God that crafted every contour. The God that calls forth the mountains and the prairies. Amazing. If you ever go to Flagstaff, you see almost this perfect cinder cone volcano. Oh, it's, I think it's almost 13,000 feet right there. And you think, this is the God that uses volcanoes to make land so I can come out here and hike and go have a nice dinner tonight with my bride. And all from that crazy volcano that's now just chill. <sniffs> Amazing. What a God we serve. You will never live your life the same way once you decide to serve Jesus. Your life will be always different and amazing and adventurous. And your life will be blessed because you know the one that gives the blessings. Hallelujah. All has been made new. Isn't that what Scripture says in Revelation? All has been made new to the point that you one day realize, get this, you are God's new creation. Fascinating, isn't it? Wouldn't you love to be someone's new creation? A new creation in Christ Jesus. Notice what Jesus says to the rich young man though. The young man asks, What good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus responds, If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Wow. Talk about going back to the basics. And sometimes the basics are what we need. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Laura Schlesinger. She's a psychologist, a PhD. And she one time asked a group of college students, if the Ten Commandments were relevant today, would you believe that three quarters of the room said they believed the Ten Commandments were not relevant for today? Maybe they don't even know what they are. But let's look real quick. So Dr. Laura challenges the class, uh, challenges the, the kids at the seminar. So let's see, which commandments do you think are not relevant for today? Is it do not murder? They all shut up. Could it be do not commit adultery is no longer relevant? They said nothing. Do not steal? Is that not relevant any longer? Silence. Silence. Do not give false testimony. Is that irrelevant? Nothing. Honor your father and your mother. Is that irrelevant? Love your neighbor as yourself. So many great things. But the first thing we have to remember today is we have to identify our God and the rest will flow. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the first commandment we will have no other gods before him. That's the word for today. That's the one that identifies where our loyalty will lie. Not to keep bringing up a movie, but in the movies that I mentioned with Scorsese, they knew where they were going to, where their loyalty lies. Don Corleone. Santino just passed away, if you don't know. Yeah, James Caan. You will have no other gods before me. Nothing in your life can be before the Lord. In fact, we do not even need to look at the other commandments, the other nine, until we get the first one right. There shall be no other gods before our God. What's the point of the other nine if you can't get the first one? Don't even try. You have to have the white flag of surrender. And if you've been fighting the Lord, go ahead and give up. Because it's going to get rough. Give up and give Him your life. Second thing to think about this morning is this. We're perfecting ourselves through perfect relationship and perfect progress. A lot of perfect language here. Perfecting ourselves through perfect relationship and perfect progress. Basically, spending time with Jesus. And how many times do we get so busy we don't do the basics? Amen? Lord, forgive us. The young rich man walked away in grief. And when he was facing uh, this road, this road towards perfection, trying to even have the boldness to ask the Lord what he could do more. And in our lives, this road may cause similar feelings, but there's some good news. And the good news has a name. And the good news is named Jesus. Hallelujah. That is the good news that we all need. And some of us may think, but Lord, you've already taken so much from me. What else could I do? Or Lord, Lord. You want what now in my life? There are times when the Lord comes calling to clean things up. If you remember, I'm in the jewelry industry. I'm used to people cleaning up things all the time. We have to keep jewelry clean or it's not going to sparkle. You have to cut out inclusions and diamonds or it's not going to be the cleanest stone on, on earth. There's so many things that we have to do. And give up for the Lord, amen? Because of our commitment and our union with Christ Jesus, This is how we become children of God. Some of us may come from families that are very broken. Some of us may come from families that have been torn apart, or the devil had his way, and on and on. But let me tell you, when you're a child of God, you're in the tightest family you'll ever have. Hallelujah. Some of our family backgrounds are really rough. I was telling my wife a story this morning about when I was young watching The devil uh, really uh, attacked my family. But you know what? Being in God's family has made all the difference. Hallelujah. Being in God's family is everything. When we're in God's family, no matter what you've done, you've been declared not guilty. Do you like that? Have you made a lot of mistakes in your life? Could you imagine being declared not guilty for all the things you've done? That's what it means to be in the family of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your relationship with Christ, His righteousness, becomes your righteousness. Hallelujah. And the best part is, His perfection is unchangeable and absolute. You don't get that very often in this world. One time I made a big mistake with Jana. Uh, we were going out for dinner at the wind and I stopped her by Chanel and had the girls uh, do her makeup. When she she sat on that little chair, what was that young girl's name, honey? Jessica. Jessica Jessica looked at Jana's face and started working with her, her skin tone, her this, her that, you know how they do it. And uh, when Jana came out, and I went off and did my thing, when she was done, and I saw what Jessica had done for Jana, I just went, wow. And here's the mistake I made. Are you ready? You know how men say dumb things? And honestly, men, you might identify with this. I didn't even know what I was saying was dumb. Isn't that weird? I said, honey, what you usually do is good. This is phenomenal. And she said, what do I usually do? Something like this, right? And then I thought, darn it, I should have just said, you look beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> My words brought her to the first part. What you usually do, what I usually do. <laughs> and I would say, there are moments in life, truly, that there's so many things that we have to remember. I'm so glad, and I told her too, I'm a work in progress. I tell people that all the time. I am a work in progress. And we ended up having a great night. Didn't we, babe? We ended up having a great night. And Paul states... I'm a little hesitant for the drive home. Would anybody like to drive me home today? Anybody going to Vegas? Paul states in Philippians one six, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I like the word "will." He will. If he says he will, do you believe that he will? If it comes from Him, you better understand that when He says He will, He will. It's not like your flaky friends across the street that says, we're going to hang out this Saturday, then they make an excuse and they don't make it. They flake on you. When Jesus says He will, He will. Do a good work in you and carry it on to completion. Hallelujah. Keep your life on this road towards perfect progress, which means if all you see is Jesus you're on the right road, amen. If you are following the signs, Christ, Christ, and it keeps pointing you in that direction, you know you're on the road to perfect progress, hallelujah, which leads to that perfect relationship found in Him, amen. Applying Scripture, amen, to our daily lives. If you haven't been touching your Bible much, you may be doing something wrong. I say may to be nice acting like Jesus, speaking like Jesus, loving like Jesus, forgiving like Jesus. Who are my people that don't like to forgive around here? That's why we were talking earlier about Godfather 3. Who needs to work on forgiveness? Guess what? It's all of us. We all could do a better job. Amen? Forgiving like Jesus. All of this keeps us growing and maturing into Christlikeness. Perfect relationship, praise God. Don't let spiritual dryness hamper your perfect progress. Draw in close and begin to obey Him. Amen. And this progress depends on daily activities, daily walking with the Lord, daily prayer, daily scripture reading. Get up in the morning and commit to the Lord that you will shine for Him to be more like Him. Even when someone challenges you or upsets you, that probably is the answer to the prayer when you said, Lord, give me more. Help me more. Give me more things to do. Lord, I want to do more for you. Then all of a sudden you get the curveball. That challenging situation is probably your answer and you might not see it, so don't freak out. Paul states in Philippians 3.12, But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Wow, that means a lot to me. It's so big I have to think about it. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. The thing that catches me most, the Lord has me. Hallelujah. It's good to know That the Lord is holding me and my life. Hallelujah. And I'm going to press on towards that perfect progress towards Him. Friends, I urge you today, press on with fervor. Amen. Be a different Christian tomorrow than you are today. Do something different tomorrow. Do something dramatic tomorrow. Go out of your way to help somebody in a much different way tomorrow. Can I get that from you? Do something out of character Do something that really touches somebody's life. Amen. Do something that really makes a day different for somebody else. When Mr. Wynn used to say at the hotel, people make people happy. It really reminded me of a moment that we could take someone's day that might be terrible, unmemorable, horrible, or memorable in all the wrong ways, and we might be that spark of something bright, or light, or loving, or caring, or forgiving in their life that day. Hallelujah. Kylie was freaking out when that hail started the other day in northern Arizona, but I tell you, for Jan and I, it was one of the most fun, memorable memorable days on earth. It was cool. It all depends on how you look at it. It all depends on your perspective. So last this morning, I wanted to mention... Complete perfection is on its way. You might not believe it. It sounds crazy, because we're human. But complete perfection is on its way. And perfection has a name. And His name is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the name that causes every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Perfection has a name. You are destined towards godly perfection if you're heading towards Him. Hallelujah. I saw something perfect yesterday. At least I thought I did. I picked up my favorite large, no sugar added, vanilla latte, half decaf, which means two shots decaf, one shot regular. This latte was unbelievable it was one of the most memorable uh, what was it it's a 8 22 ryan received the most perfect latte i've ever had <laughs> and it was from coffee bean and they did a great job and today i tried to re- replicate it it didn't do it what happened yesterday that didn't happen today i don't know the magic just was in the cup yesterday it was phenomenal any coffee drinkers here it's my thing I have a blast. And that thing was close to perfect, but it wasn't consistent. Jen and I joke around when we ask each other about things, and she's ah, it's okay. <laughs> How's this? It's all right. And even the kids, they do it now too. They go, how does mom like it? And I said, she said, and they finished my sentence. It's okay. It's all right. Well, yesterday was amazing, and today was, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> but don't you love that Jesus has consistency day after day. I am the same as I was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Oh, I love consistency. And that's what we don't get in this world, except for Jesus. Hallelujah. A friend of mine who uh, used to be a store director at the Wynn at the jewelry store, he said, I I tell everything only to three people. I tell my whole life uh, secrets to only three people. My barber, my bartender, and then he pointed at me. And my minister. (laughs) But you know what I liked about that? I represented the perfect one in that situation. The Lord. Hallelujah. All phases of perfection are founded upon faith in Christ Jesus. Let me say that again. All phases of perfection, where we are heading, is founded upon faith in Christ Jesus. Where's your faith Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? Oh, ye of little faith. We can be guilty of the same thing. Where is our faith? If you're freaking out in all the wrong ways, it might not be in Jesus. Amen? There's a time that we need to take our boat and steer it back towards Christ. Hallelujah. Back towards Christ. It's not about what we can do for him like what the young man thought in our scripture. Lord, what can I do to get eternal life? It's because... We cannot perfect ourselves. You can try and you can fail if that's what you'd like. Perfecting yourself means going fully towards Christ Jesus. It's only through the work of God there's nothing you can do. He's the one that completes us until the day of Christ returns. And didn't we say that, sing that in our last song today, that moment when the Lord rolls back the sky? pulls back the clouds, just like a canvas, hallelujah. Could you imagine him doing that with that monsoon weather lately? He just pulls it back, and the trump shall sound, and Jesus comes, amen. The day when the trumpets sound and Christ returns for his people to take them to his eternal kingdom, that's when we will be glorified through him and made perfect like him. That's the moment. And if he said he will do it, he will do it i know it paul boldly states in philippians 3:20 20 and 21 he says this get ready are you ready for this our citizenship is in heaven, heaven. you're going to ditch that driver's license out of your wallet You're going to take that social security card and toss it to the side. You're going to grab your passport and it's going to be thrown away. You won't have to worry about any of that stuff because you are earmarked for God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. You won't have to fill out any voter registration cards any longer. None of that will matter. Your citizenship is in heaven. I didn't say it. It comes from God's word. That's where a citizenship lies. Be prepared to ditch all those other things that identify you. At that point, the only thing that will identify you is Jesus. Hallelujah. And Paul continues, by his power that brings everything under his control. Ooh, talk about a big shot. There he is right there. Bringing everything under his control. Not even Don Corleone could do that in New York. He tried, but there are four other families. Okay, now I'll stop. (laughs) All my sins brought under God's control. All my anger brought fully under God's control. All my unforgiveness, my disappointments, my failures brought fully under His control. Surrender is lovely. It might not seem lovely at the time, but it is a wonderful thing. Surrender is the best thing God's people could ever do. Hallelujah. Full surrender. Hallelujah. It's like you're stuck on that desert island and you see that that big cruise ship and you think, oh, hallelujah, Lord. I surrender. Come get me. That's what we want. And what will He do? The Lord transforms my lowly body so that it will be like His glorious body made perfect in every way. Paul's giving it to us straight there. Is this possible? Do you believe it, church? Are we just puffing air here? Is this really true? Made perfect just like Jesus? No. Really? Jesus? Do you ever associate yourself with being like Jesus? Really? I said wrong words yesterday. I probably had the wrong attitude at work. I didn't read my scriptures. Made like Jesus. I don't feel like I'm made like Jesus. Is is this possible? Jesus lays it straight. And I'll remind you today, with man, this is impossible. (laughs) Don't even try. It is impossible. But with surrender and looking to God... All things are possible. All things are possible. You know, at Chanel they have that logo. It's the double C's. You, have you ever seen that on those handbags or something? They do the double C's. Well, when I was a kid, we used to we used to have the double C's, and we called them Christian critics. <laughs> have you ever known a Christian critic? One that has to say a lot about everybody else. Have you known a CC? <laughs> You said this, you said that, you didn't do this right. We had a little uh, rock band, but we had this one Christian critic that told us, you can't serve the Lord in that type of music. And I thought, oh really? And I thought about all these 80s awesome groups that served the Lord and they even had scriptures like Striper, I don't know if you remember, Striper and uh, Baron Cross, there was all these rockers that served the Lord. But, you know what I learned over the years with CCs? Never look to me as the example. I will only let you down. The only example to look at always is Jesus Christ and he is the one that will never let you down and he will not because with God's it is possible with man it is impossible. But I tell you this morning perfection is on its way for God's people. Amen. So as we finish this morning, I figure this message is for those who are deeply trying to serve the Lord in a greater way. Is that you? Deeply trying to meet the mark or whatever you might think in human language, whatever it makes sense to you. Daily struggling to serve God in a better way. We desire so much more in our spiritual life. That's me. We're tired of walking in the same direction, the same circles, the disappointment, the unforgiveness, unfulfilled lives, just like the rich young man. Did you notice? He had everything and he had nothing. He still felt like he needed something more. And he had it all. Weird, isn't it? So stop competing against God or other things in your life. Choose Him daily as the only God. Hallelujah. Magnify Him. You know, at work when I can't see things well, I can't see little screws or stones right, you know, and diamonds in the piece, all you have to do is magnify and I can see it all. This one Chanel watch that we make, it's a nightmare to size. You have to be good with your eye and your little screwdrivers, and I could barely see it, plus I'm 48, plus uh, do I put my glasses on? Don't I? I can't get the right magnification. I grabbed a little loop, I could see it perfect. So sometimes all we need to do is magnify the Lord. Amen? Amen. And the rest will come into perspective. Minimize the little g-gods in your life, which might even be you. Minimize and distinguish. Get rid of fear. Get rid of anxiety. Whatever you're used to serving. Sometimes you don't even know you serve these things. Fear, anxiety, selfish ambition, addiction, all these things. If you've touched your phone more than your Bible this week, you may be doing something wrong. If you've been on Instagram or any of these things, more than really working towards perfect relationship and progress in Jesus, am I sounding like a Christian critic all of a sudden? (laughs) Ah, those CCs. Stay in perfect relationship. Stay in perfect progress with Jesus. Be comforted that it's on its way. Amen? Hallelujah. We shine because He shines. So I want you to stand and shine for the Lord tomorrow. Father, thank You so much for Your goodness. Lord, truly, we won't even wait for tomorrow, Lord. It'll start now as we shine for You, Lord God. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've Fallen short. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we needed to truly surrender more of our life to You, Lord, because there's only one thing that's important in this life, Lord, and that's truly that we are heading in Your direction. We are, heard, we are heading in the direction, Lord, that we shine only and solely because of You. And let people see that bright light. Let people see that beautiful shining that You have in our lives, Lord God, and let them want to be a part of it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, bless this church. Bless our time together as a a family found in You, part of God's family. Hallelujah. Because truly, Lord, when we talk about perfection, there is a perfection that is here, even today, as we are here together, meeting in Your name, Jesus. Bless us, and bless this church. And in the name of the Lord, God's people said, Amen.